This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Quick question. What is church? What is the church? Is it the people of God? Yes. Is it the family of God? Is it a country club where we come to have our selfish needs fulfilled? Okay, just tasting. Um, (laughs) It is the family of God. We are the family of God, but we are also the army of God. Okay, so that's what we are speaking about in this series. And I also want to highlight something the Holy Spirit spoke to me a while ago. The Lord said to me that church should be uncomfortable. Because God, God wants His church to be uncomfortable so that it will sift our selfishness and leave. So it is my commission from heaven to make it uncomfortable. Okay, so that is my job. Okay, so welcome to another uncomfortable service. Okay, so I've warned you. Okay, so I want to mobilize you to step into, onto the battlefield and to become part of the army of God. Okay, that's why I want to, I want to move through this series and through this message. I'm trusting that you're going to move into action. Move out of passivity, move out of just holding on for dear life into action. Okay, so that's what I am trusting for. And we're going to speak about how to slay some strongholds. Last few weeks we spoke about slaying depression, slaying disappointment, slaying intimidation, and now slaying strongholds. Okay, so the church, a good picture also is someone like David from the Bible. He was a man intimate with God. So he he was a man after God's own heart. He was a worshiper, prayer. He was intimate with the Lord, but he was also a man of battle. When he walked onto the battlefield, the enemy trembled. In the same way, that is how it should be for us. We should be intimate with the Lord. We love Him with all our hearts. But when we step onto the battlefield, the enemy is scared. Because of Jesus in us. Okay? So we want to be like David. And I'm going to take us to a classic passage today. 1 Samuel 17. David and Goliath. So we're going to, we're going to unpack that a little bit. Um, but the picture that I'm seeing. If we, if we have to ask this question. How's the state of the army of God in our country right now? How, what's the state of the army of God? Then I would say... Not so great, I think. Now I'm seeing in my, main, my mind's eye, I'm seeing a picture of a few faithful soldiers backed into a corner, back to back, and being the enemies all over them. And then you're wondering, where's the rest? Where are the rest of the soldiers? What's happening? And I think there's m- multiple reasons why the other soldiers are not there. But I think one reason would be some is like, what battle? What's this guy talking about? There isn't a battle. Okay, so that's like really, okay, then you're ready. That's a challenge. Okay. But another aspect might be is like a lot of us are just trying to cope. So like I'm just trying to cope, man. I'm just trying to get it through this next day. 
And you want me to go into battle? No, thank you. I am trying to cope. And that's so, sort of how I've been also feeling over the last year. We've been in a, in a war, and we've really been in a war the last like eight plus months, uh, and it's not abiding. So we, I, mean, I was really psyched up, first message, this series, oh, we are slaying intimidation, we had our prayer army evening here, it rocked, it was a great evening, and then like half of us got COVID. <laughs> so, it's like, devil one, prayer army zero, you know, we're like, oh. <laughs> so I got it for a week, then Sonica got it a week later, so it's been a struggle. But anyway, it's just like flu now, it's not an issue anymore, it's just like irritation. Okay, but we're back. Okay, we're going for round two. <laughs> we're going for round two, so we're going we're gonna to up the game now. Okay, but, but, but for some, it's like there is no battle. For others, it's like, man, I'm just trying to cope. And, and that's part of, you know, I, I've been feeling also. I've been praying for us at home. I'm just like, at night, you know, just so we can sleep. I just just a, a hedge of protection around this house. I'm not picking a fight anywhere else. Just a hedge of protection around this house so that we can sleep and that we can have peace and quiet. And then like eight months later, this isn't working. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to pick a fight with everything now. I'm like the highest principalities and powers. Come, ek and yay. No, come. Ek is klar. I'm over this. You know, and I think sometimes the... It's good, you know, to be pushed into a corner until you've got, like, you've only got one option, you up your game. The other option is to go and sit in a corner and cry, and that's not an option. Okay, so you up your game, you up the ante. And I, and I believe that's what God is calling us to right now, up your game. There's a season of birthing. God is birthing incredible, incredible things, prophetic words I've seen, I received in October last year. I'm seeing the fulfillment of it happening now. Incredible things happening, God connections, and there's something really beautiful happening. But I believe God is calling His people to step up. And I think another reason why the soldiers sort of drift away and there's the few left is like sometimes I think we get confused about what Christianity is about. I think sometimes we fall into that hole of, you know, I just want to get blessed. I've got so many challenges in my life already, so I'm, I'm just coming to church every now and again. I just want Jesus to bless me, what I'm doing, and I'm just adding Jesus to my little bit, and that's about it. But that's not the original deal. The original deal is you come to the cross and you surrender your life. You sign up for the army of God and you say, Jesus, my life is yours. That means my schedule is yours. I can't just add little Jesus to my schedule. My schedule changes. My lifestyle changes. That's what happens when you join the army. Everything's different. Okay, so we're not just the family of God. We are the army of the Lord. And I want to call us into this higher place. I'm trusting for a miracle in our hearts and minds so that the army of the Lord would arise. So we see this in, in, in 1 Samuel 17, we see this, this picture that, that I, think, I think describes the army of God in our country right now. It's 1 Samuel 17, 10. 
And it says, and the, now this is the context of this massive giant, Goliath, comes for 40 days. Every day he comes onto the battlefield and he intimidates the life out of the, the Israelite armies. And everybody's like scared. This massive guy, no one wants to get onto the, 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 the battlefield. Verse 10 says, and the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed, like discouraged, and greatly afraid. And I think a lot of people are there in the sense of this this Goliath, this giant represents a stronghold, a strong man, a demonic principality and power. Something that... Uh, shifts the atmosphere that the whole army of God comes under its sway. And everybody is discouraged, terrified, and basically running away. And I feel that a lot of us are experiencing that. There's maybe something in your life that's just like you, I don't know how to overcome this. Something that seems immovable. Something that's like, I don't know how this, this, I don't know if it's possible to change this. You know, speaking to our guys here in, in, in town, some of the doctors and the challenges in the medical field is like, it's a disaster in the natural. How, how's, this, how's this industry or how's, the, how's this going to change? Or government or some business scenarios. Or, or our, uh, it just seems impossible. It's not going to move. And we come under the sway of that stronghold and we flee. We flee. And I'm trusting this morning to, to shift that, that we will move above. You see, if you want to, this is the truth I want to share with us. I'm going to unpack this in a moment. But if you want to remove a high place or a stronghold, you need to live from a higher place. If you want to move If you want to cast down a high place or a stronghold, you need to live from a higher place. You can't can't overcome when you're under it. You need to move above it, and then you can bring it down. And so we see this with David. It's like he was living, functioning in a completely different world. It's like everybody is seeing one thing, and they're terrified. And they are fleeing. And then a 16, 17 year old boy, filled by the Holy Spirit, steps onto the same battlefield and he's seeing something completely different. He's like, what the heck is going on here? Someone needs to do something. Somebody needs to shift this thing. I'm coming for you. You know, completely different thing that he's seeing. It's like he's in a different world. He's living in a higher place. And therefore, he could take down the stronghold. So my question to all of us is, are you under a stronghold? Because you can see when you're under a stronghold. When you're under a stronghold, it, it, it is how you see everything around you. Are you just seeing the negatives? Are you just seeing with unbelief? Are you just seeing hopelessness and despair and like, man, New Zealand is the only option. Because that's where the stronghold takes you. To New Zealand. <laughs> Only go to New Zealand if Jesus says that. But if fear tells you to run, then you're not listening to Jesus. So what are you under? 
Okay, and so my question, how do we take up that higher place to tear down the high places in our cities and environments? Okay, so four things I want to share with us of how to bring down these strongholds. Okay, so let me pray and then we're going to unpack it. Father, we thank you that your word is powerful. Your word will not return void. And we thank you, Lord, that this day you're going to raise up the armies of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so you can only take down the high place if you live in a higher place. So number one, if you want to take up that higher place, how do you take up a higher place? Number one, you need to have a holy discontent. A holy discontent. So the, the, the question is, you, you, you're seeing the circumstances in your life, you're seeing the challenges around you, and the question is, are you okay with that? Is it okay? So with David and Goliath, is it okay that the armies of the God are being terrified by this strong man? For David, it was like, no ways. So 1 Samuel 17, 24, continuing that story, the account of David, it says, All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? So that's, that's when you're under, the, under, under that spirit, under that strong man, under that stronghold. Then it's going to tell, have you seen how bad it is? Have you seen what a mess it is? Have you seen? Have you heard? Here's another story for you. And another story uh, about this or that or this negative. Have you, have you heard? And David saw things differently. It's like... I'm seeing like you have this natural realm and then you have the, the, the kingdom of heaven superimposed upon the natural realm. And David was living in that realm so he could bring the kingdom of God into this realm. And so you and I need to take up that place. But the question is, what are you seeing? Are you just, are you a puppet, a victim to the negatives and the spirit of this world? Or are you functioning from another dimension? Let's function from that different dimension. You know, and you can imagine, I mean, if, you, if David walks in there and he would just look at it from a, from a human perspective, he would like, yo, Israel army is going to get slaughtered today again. It's a disaster. It's easy. When you look at most challenges in our lives and just read enough of the newspapers or just talk enough to people who are negative, all you're going to see is it's a disaster. But what if God is seeing something different? What if God is saying something different about our city and about our nation? And what if we, the army of God, should stop agreeing with the enemy and start agreeing with the living God? Amen. So I want to call us into that space, into that place of beginning to see with the eyes of the Lord. And see, and that's, that's sort of where I am at right now. I am wholly discontent. I am so worked up. <laughs> you know, I'm like in war mode. I'm just like, this is unacceptable. Otherwise, yeah, as I said, you can sit in the corner, you're going to cry, you're going to give up. There's only one option. It's that like you up your game. You press into God. You pursue the Lord. You begin to fast. You begin to pray. You begin to worship. 
I mean, earlier this week, well, on Thursday, I, was, I got up and I was like, oh, a lot of challenges. Can't go into the details, but I was like, I'm over it. <laughs> so I was like in my prayer room. I was like worshiping for a few hours. And part of the, the worship was like, like, like a tribal Indian dancing and warring. And it was just like, but something shifted because I was over it. And sometimes you need to get over it to move into a higher place. Otherwise, we're just so comfortable. We need to be uncomfortable because then you're going to move into that higher place. But you need to be wholly discontented. And that's how I feel about a whole, whole bunch of stuff right now. I'm also like, is, is this what Jesus died for? You should ask yourself that question. Are you okay with the sickness in your body? Is that what Jesus died for? So you can just suffer. Are you okay with struggling with maybe mental stuff or depression or insomnia or, or whatever it might be? Are you okay with having broken relationships? Are you okay with, with all the negatives in your life? Are you okay with it? Because if you are okay with it, nothing's going to change. But if you're like, this needs to change. Are you okay with being intimidated? Are you okay with being anxious? Are you okay with being terrified about the future? Are you okay with it? I am not. And that is moving me into a higher place. And I'm calling us into that higher place. A holy discontent. Jesus died for more than this. Amen. I'm looking at the state of just men in general. And we had an amazing young adults camp last weekend. Lovely weekend. But you know, there was two-thirds ladies, one-third men. So I told the guys, you know, we will know revival is with us when there is more men than women. Then you know, the kingdom is with us. And I believe it's coming. It's one of the things I'm contending for, is for the men to step up. Why is it mostly the women that come and pray? Whenever we have prayer meetings, why is it mostly the women? Guys, we are we, we called to do battle. Because if you're not doing battle in the spirit, man, this is going to be your DSTV and your sport and your other stuff. And you are not in that higher place. You were made for a fight. But if you don't step into the fight, you will always reduce yourself to lesser things. That is what I believe our biggest problem with men in our country right now is we are settling for lesser things because we've not engaged in the fight. So I want to call you into joining us for battle. Joining the fight. Eh, who would send the woman into doing battle? <laughs> oh, enjoy it, honey. I'm just enjoy, enjoying it. I was just well, going to watch a game. Go and fight the demons for me. Yeah. Awesome. Eh? Come on. I'm not going to send my wife. I'm going to be front. Let's do this. <laughs> eh? Come on. Let it be uncomfortable in the house. But David had a holy discontent. He was just like, this is unacceptable. This is unacceptable. He, uh, in that verse, it says there, verse 26, Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? So he's like, guys, what, what, what's going to happen? And then he says, and then David, look at this. He says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Can you see it? He's like looking at this terrified 
freaked out, useless bunch and say, these are the armies of the living God. They're not looking like it right now, but I'm seeing, I have, I have hope. <laughs> and he's looking at this Philistine, this intimidating figure. He's like, who the heck does he think he is? God is not with him. God is with us. In the same way, why are we allowing the strongholds in our cities and nation to d- define who we are so we go and we hide away in a corner? No. We need to rise up. We need to step up and say enough is enough. I'm not going to accept it. Okay, so number one, holy discontent. Number two, you need to embrace your heavenly identity. In other words, you need to know who you are in Christ. When you discover the authority you have in Jesus' name to shift realities, you're going to pray. You're going to pray. And I know a lot of us maybe haven't discovered that. But when you realize, when you speak in the name of Jesus, cities could change. But so a high place... In, in the Old Testament, the, the high places were, were literally physically high places like hills or mountains where people went and they worshipped false gods. They worshipped idols like Baal. So they would go and have an altar there unto this other deity, sacrifice unto it. And that would build like a stronghold over a region and bring a curse upon the land. That is a high place. And in the Old Testament and in the New, we are called to bring down the high places. Bring down the high places by taking up a higher place. A higher place. And as I shared in the first message three weeks ago, Gideon, just after he had his encounter with the angel of God, he was, he, he was told by the angel by God to go and break down the altar of Baal. And when he broke that down, the Spirit of God came upon him and the nation was set free. But you need to pull down the high places. So we see this in 2 Corinthians 10. Verse 3, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, though we are in the natural, we do not war according to the natural, to the flesh. Verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshly, they're not human, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Pulling down those giants. That intimidate us and cause us to to tremble and be afraid about the future. And then verse 5, it says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Every high thing. Every high thing. You see, the enemy exalts himself against Jesus. He brings a spirit of fear over a city or or lust or the love of money or whatever it is. But but strongholds are, are, are lifted up. And then when we come under it, it divides us and, 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 and it brings a curse on, on, our, on our, our environments. And so you and I are called to break down the high places, starting with your own environment, your own home, your own community, your own work environment, and then to release the blessing of God in those areas. But you can only take it down, that high place, when you live from a higher place, not when you are under it. And that's where the fight is. And that's where it's challenging, because you need to now break out of something that's actually controlling you. Something that, that may be an, an addiction, maybe there's a sin habit, or there's something that you're struggling with. Maybe insecurity, or lies that you believe about yourself, or you don't feel that God listens to you, or, or whatever it is. So you need to break out of that hold from the enemy, so that you can take up that higher place. So as a, a prayer army, we've had different groups going different places, so here's a picture of us just going as near Sterling Primary, 
Um, and, and we were just worshiping there. I had my, my speaker there, so we just pumping the worship music and worshiping Jesus. So for 50 minutes or so, we were worshiping and praying. Yo, it was amazing. I, say, I tell you, it was so good to stand there in public worshiping Jesus. And there's a whole lot of people walking by, driving by, looking at us. Like, what are these people doing? And I'm like, we're worshiping the king of the universe. It is amazing. I tell you, I, I felt freer myself. Just being in a public sphere instead of just hiding away in our little places, you know. He's the king of the universe. He's glorious. He's powerful. You want to be free? Start worshiping Jesus in public. Hey, join, join the prayer army. Be part of, I just tell you, it's just, it just beautiful. We are praying all over the city at places we feel the Holy Spirit laying on our hearts to shift the atmosphere. But I tell you, we change. Because you're no longer under it. You're not going above it. So how about praying in your workplace? How about praying at the hospital? How about getting together at the schools? How about starting to get somebody with you and you pray into those scenarios? You say enough is enough. The negativity, the complaining, the hopelessness, the despair, the divisions in whatever it is that is provoking you. Take up your place. So my question is, what are you seeing that will reveal if you are under over a stronghold are you under it or are you above it you need to step into your true identity David walked onto that battlefield and he was like I'm not under it I'm going to take that thing down okay so that's what God calls us into so do we realize all we have in Christ And so what's going to happen is that the enemy, as you take up your identity, as you start to step up boldly, as you start to declare, proclaim who you are in Jesus, the enemy is going to come for you in interesting ways. And we see this with with David. He's not even fighting the giant yet, so his own family comes for him to cut him down to size. That's how it works. I have heard the voice of the older brother so many times in my life. Who do you think you are, Andre, to believe? Who do you think you are? No, no, no. The real question is how big is your God? How big is your God? It's not me. It's not you. It's about the greatness of the one that is with us. Or rather, the greatness of the one with whom we are. We are with him. Therefore, we are on the winning side. So look at this, uh, verse 28. It says, Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. Anger. He said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? You're nobody. You're nothing. I'm cutting you down, boy. Shut up. Go sit in the corner. And then, assaulting the, the heart, the motivation. I know your pride. And the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. Uh, the assault. You're going to hear those voices. You're going to hear those voices through people and maybe just sometimes in your own head. The voices get, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Ah, oh, it's just all about you, eh? Want to glorify yourself. For David, it was about this next verse. And David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? For David, it was about the mission. 
to seeing, basically in the New Testament context, to see the kingdom of God come and the name of Jesus glorified. There is a cause. There's a cause. There's a fight. Contention for the hearts of people. But then we need to battle. Then we need to step up. Then the, the army needs to arise. And I believe we're going to see it. I'm seeing it already. I'm seeing men who were backslidden, re-energized, awakening, pursuing the Lord again. But we need to win it in the spirit. We need to take down that giant and say, let my people go. Let the people of God go in Jesus' name. Is there not a cause? So my question to you is, have you embraced the cause of Jesus? Because if you come to the country club vibe, you're missing it. Wholesale. That is, I don't see that in scripture. There's no, that's not the gospel. The gospel is come and die to self and follow Jesus. That is the real gospel. That is the real deal. You know, this is what I'm struggling with over the last, you know, I think it just takes time. You know, I'm this year 20 years in full-time ministry. And it just feels like maybe a few things I'm starting to click now. <laughs> but in the sense of all the stuff we've been through as a church. Now, so Sonica shared about it two weeks ago, our personal struggles. And then JP shared last week about his struggles and the things we've been through. But there's, there's something beautiful about suffering. It gets, it, gets, it gets through your thick skull that this is not about you. Because you see, you can, you can Christianize everything. But it's the same selfish pride, arrogance, selfish ambition, I want to be blessed stuff. Or there's, Jesus, it really is about you. And I really just want to do your will. I want to glorify you. I want to see your kingdom come. And, 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 and the, that's the beauty of suffering is you go through all of that stuff. It's like you just get over yourself and you realize, man, this is really about him. And so that's where I am at, and I want to call us into that place. I'm just saying, Jesus, whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever you require, I'm going to do it by your grace. But where are you at? Are you, are you, are you still where many people are at? Like, you know, I want Jesus. I want to be blessed. I don't want to go to hell. You know, it's like, oh, Jesus is good. But you actually live for yourself. Or... Have you come and surrendered everything and said, Jesus, me, my life, my future, all about you. And I tell you, that's when you taste the beauty of life in Jesus. It doesn't work yet halfway. It doesn't work. It's like, I want Jesus, but I also want to sin, but I'm not even enjoying my sin. It's a terrible place to be there in the middle. Do you want to be wholesale? I tell you, that's when it's beautiful. The only question, how can I have more of Jesus and how can I have surrender more of myself to Him? That's the only thing you ask. As Revelation chapter 3 speaks about the, the lukewarm church, Jesus said there, either be cold, fully cold, or be fully on fire. But this in-between nonsense offends God. And He said, I will spit you out. The real deal is only over here, on fire, 120% for Jesus. He gave his life for you. Now he says, now give your life to me. And yes, then, uh, by the way, I will bless you, but that's not the focus. And, I mean, and, and that is when the army of God becomes powerful. 
That is when we start slaying strongholds. You see, how can you change ungodly, self-centered, proud culture if the church is just the same? And we just Christianize it. You can't. And so that's point number three. You need to slay the flesh if you want to slay some strongholds. You need to die. You need to kill your flesh. You need to kill self. And, and, and that, I tell you, that is when you step into freedom. That is when things become beautiful. But do we know how much authority we have in Christ? I love the story by John Ramirez. He was an occultist in the United States, like a Satanist kind of thing. And he sent a chick to the church of Satan. And so the chick goes to the bank, and there's a, a, a lady there, probably an old lady. But she saw John Ramirez to the church of Satan. So she wrote at the back of the chick, I'm praying for you. Tani. Wow. Clap it. So he says from there, when he received that check, suddenly he could not connect to the demonic powers anymore. He just like, he's like, nah, there's nothing happening. Eight months later, he surrenders his life to Jesus. Because a ton he started to pray. What if the men start to pray? Huh? What if the men step up and say, man, we're going to take this devil down? I tell you, then we will. We will. Come on. So... The first thing is holy discontent. The second thing is embrace your heavenly identity. Third thing is you need to slay the flesh to slay some strongholds. You see, the enemy has been reduced at the cross through Jesus' death. He was a scary dragon. He was been reduced to a mouse with a microphone. Okay, so he's just a loud mouth. He's a loud mouth, okay? And he's like, rawr. But he's actually little, little, okay? He's a loser, okay? Do not, do not be confused. He's a loser. But now what happens is he at times feels very powerful when you what? When you feed the flesh. When you feed the flesh, that little mouse becomes a beast. It gets access. Begin to compromise, say, with lust. Watch some porn, allow ungodly thoughts into your heart and mind. You know what? Devil's going to become a beast. It's going to torment you. Or whatever it is. But the moment you allow the, the, the feeding of the flesh into your life, the enemy becomes powerful. He feels powerful. Do you know why? Because you've given your authority and your weapons to him. It's going to clop you. So you need to declare war on the flesh. War on the negatives, war on the lies of the enemy. And so, so, so David comes and he speaks to this. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Meaning, God's not with him. But do you know who we are? We are the circumcised at heart, servants of the Lord. That's who we are. Surrendered, flesh cut away, heart surrendered. Jesus is Lord. Jesus, we live for you and you alone. There are no other names. There are no other names but the name of Jesus. No other names. That is when the army becomes powerful. That is when the enemy cannot get a foothold. That is when we have real unity. And that's when we live from above and not from beneath. So you need to declare war on your flesh. 
You need to declare war on your flesh. When I became a believer, I had so much issues in my life. And when I heard about fasting, I was like, let's fast. Let's die. Let's kill the flesh. You know, it worked. (laughs) Over time, just saying no to the flesh, the Lord set me free. It took time. But I, I was like, I want to be free so that God can use me. So are you okay with the compromise in your life? Are you okay to struggle with your thoughts? Are you okay to be anxious? Are you okay to be fearful? Are you okay to struggle with sin or addictions or whatever else? Or will you say, enough is enough. Come on. Come on, say it with me. Enough is enough. enough. Amen. Enough is enough. So you need like a holy discontent. And then you get your target and you say, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the flesh down. Take it down. So another example just of a, for me, a surrendered son of God. To give you some context for the Open Heavens Conference. So I've been trusting the Lord for prophetic, mature, fivefold ministers to connect with. We've been praying last year at a prophetic word. God said he's going to connect us. Hink, Klein Schmidt, and me, Lord has connected us in incredible ways. It's God connection. It's like we move one another deeper into Jesus. It's amazing. But I felt the Lord say he's going to add other men and women, fivefold ministers, to us. And so I heard about Prophet Andre Bronkhorst. And they actually have a house also in Mossel Bay. Most of the year they're in the United States, in Florida, and they travel around the United States and Europe. But I had coffee over December with him. And I was blown away by what I, I heard. You see, a lot of prophets are about promoting of self. They draw people to self instead of to Jesus. They are obviously good and godly prophets. But I've been looking, I got, I'm looking for godly men, godly people that we can partner with. And so I was listening to his story. It was amazing. So he was um, appointed to be a, a senior pastor at a church in, in Gauteng. Uh, and... On the day of the commissioning, as he was on stage, and then like, he's not the senior pastor of this church, um, he heard the, the voice of the Lord say to him, I've not called you to be the senior pastor of this church. And he was like, what do I do now? So he declined, not knowing what he's going to do. And then he says he, he sort of had a drawing to a, a prophetic guy in, in the U.S., originally a South African, Ed Trout, very respected prophetic voice, about 20 years in the U.S. now. And so this guy was ministering in Gauteng or Pretoria. And so he sent him an email. Never met him. Just sent him an email. Say, hey, I'd love to have coffee with you. So when Ed Trout gets the email from Andre Bronkhorst, as he opens the email, the Lord says to him, this is the man that will take over your ministry. It's incredible. And so they have coffee. And when they start the coffee, he said, you're going to take over my ministry. They've never met. That's insane. So over the next seven plus years, you know, they've been traveling together and, and, and laying down. I mean, this guy's laying down his life, just traveling and serving the local church. But his mission is to glorify Christ and to connect the people of God with Jesus, to unlock the prophetic. And I love what I'm hearing. And I love the heart's connection. Because he was actually committed to go to Israel over this time of our conference and I had another challenging day or two, and then I was doing warfare for a day, fasted, like in January. And the next morning, I get a WhatsApp. My things have changed. He actually said he felt the Lord say he must come. 
God connection. So I, I really want to say I believe this is a God weekend. I want to invite you guys, please move your stuff, whatever you need to do, but be there so that you and I can receive eyes to see like David saw, ears to hear what God is saying so that we can unlock identities and destiny. So that's what we're trusting the Lord for. Okay, so please join us. So you need to slay the flesh if you want to slay some strongholds. If you feed the flesh, you rearm the enemy. You give him your weapons. Jesus has disarmed the enemy at the cross. So Galatians 5, 24, it says, And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Interesting scripture. Those who are Christ's. Not those who pray to sinners pray and go to the country club every Sunday. They are Christ's. No. Those who are crucified. So you see, this is the real deal. And this is what God is calling us into. And I know for some of us this is challenging. It's like, how do we, how do we move into that space? Especially when you come from a challenging background and you've got a lot of stuff in your life and challenges. When you're in the corner, just do one thing. Up the ante. Okay, just do more. In the sense of pursue God more passionately. So those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. So one of the most powerful forms of spiritual warfare is simply this. You come in the opposite spirit. So if there's a lot of pride in your work environment, come with humility. Or in certain environments where there's a lot of lust, then you come with real love, pure, holy love. Or maybe there's whatever. Just you come in the opposite spirit. With a lot of selfishness and, and, and you come with selflessness. And you come and you lay down your life before the Lord. You lay, come in the opposite spirit. That is how you disarm the enemy. Okay, so this is where the good news is. Five reasons to why fasting is awesome. Okay, why fast? Number one, do you want your prayers to be heard? You know, it's easy to complain and say, God doesn't hear my prayers. But have you actually obeyed his word and fasted at times? Put a day aside this week and fast. Then you warm up for next week's three days. Okay, because you need to like warm up. You need to get your body ready, okay? And you can obviously do fruit and whatever, so, but challenge yourself to, to push it. I mean, we see it with Daniel when he fasted. He prayed on day one, God heard his prayers, but it took 21 days of fasting until the answer came. So it's one thing to complain. It's like, God, why don't you hear my prayers? It's another thing to say, hey, let me up my game. I'm going to fast, okay? So your prayers are... Secondly, you step into freedom. You deny self. Everyone wants to be free, but few are willing to pay a price. How about paying a price for your freedom? Jesus paid the ultimate price, but it must cost you something. You need to follow him. You need to obey him. And one of the ways is fasting. Number three, fasting is so opposite to this world. This world is all about self and feeding self, looking out for self. So when you fast, that is spiritual warfare. It's like I'm laying down self and it's super uncomfortable. But God, I am laying self down. Number four, it's a command. Jesus said when you fast. It wasn't a suggestion. So my question is when are you going to obey Jesus? I said it's going to be uncomfortable. When are you going to obey Jesus? No, I don't fast. When are you going to obey Jesus? Here's your opportunity. Number five. When you are 
really, really, really hungry for God. More hungry for God than you are for food, then you fast. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm like, I am so over it. I need more of Jesus. Our city needs more of Jesus. The men needs more of Jesus. So I'm going to up my game. God, I'm contending for freedom. How about joining me? To do battle in the spirit. To say, okay, God, I'm going to slay the flesh. I'm going to die to self. I'm going to follow you, you Jesus. So number five is it reveals your hunger. How hungry are you for more of God? It reveals your holy discontent. Because if you like sort of okay, nothing, nothing's going to change. But if you're really, really, really discontent in the sense of in a holy way, you are going to fast. Okay, and then last thing. You need to enforce Christ's victory through the prophetic word. Okay, holy discontent, take up your heavenly identity, slay the flesh, and then very quickly, last thing, you need to enforce the victory of Jesus. How? Through the prophetic word, through the word of the Lord. That's what David did. So so he storms at Goliath, and Goliath is now cursing him and cussing him by his gods and declaring how he's going to kill him. And then David, dwelling from this other realm, he prophesies. He declares Goliath's future, and he declares the future for the Philistines. And the amazing thing is David was anointed by the prophet to be king. So David knew, I can't die. I'm going to be king. So Goliath, you are in trouble. I'm going to take you apart. So that's why you need a word. You need a word for your life. You need a word from the Lord about what's coming next year or five years from now. Because if you have a word for the future, you know, everything from here to there is sorted. You need a word for your business. You need a word for your family. You need a word for your life. If you want to take down the strongholds. So verse 45. Then David, this is where he prophesied, begins to, he says, say to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you've defied. He's like saying, Goliath, do you realize that we, me, and these guys with me, us, with the apple of the Lord's eye? So what you're doing right now is you're sticking your finger into the eye of God. And he's going to clop you. With the apple of the Lord's eye. You mess with us, the children of God, you're going to get a hiding. No, no, not people. Eh? Not demonic powers will get a, get a hiding. But that's a good place to be in when you know who is with you. Then you pray differently. Then you declare who God is. We are the apple. Come on, say, I am the apple of the Lord's eye. Amen. And then he prophesies, verse 46, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you. And take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. Man, I love that. That is warfare. Okay, not people, eh? Demonic powers. That's what we take down. Then it says that all the earth, come on, say that all the earth. All the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. What if we could declare that all the earth may know that there's a God in East London? Amen? All the earth. But I tell you, when the, when the army of the Lord, when we all together begin to arise in unison, and I tell you, when the men step up and start to pray and to prophesy and to declare, man, the kingdom of God's going to come. 
So I want to speak that over. That's who you are. A son and a daughter of the Most High God. When you speak from that higher place, the kingdom of God comes. That's who you are. Then it says, verse 47, that all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. David lived for the glory of God. What if you and I, would, instead of living for self, we would live for the glory of God? Sold out. Sold out. Sold out meaning, Jesus, my calendar is yours. I, I, I do not relate to this kind of thing like, you know, I come to church every now and again and don't expect me to do anything in the week and you know, like attending a life group or a prayer meeting or like that's just too much. What? What? What gospel is that? <laughs> what kingdom is that? Is that country club? <laughs> come on. There's a, I'm going to lay down my life. I'm in. Jesus, I sign up for the army of God. And I'm going to follow you with everything within me. And if you do that, I promise you, you will thank me a few years from now. You're going to thank you for challenging me to step up my game. Christianity does not make sense half-hearted. It just doesn't make sense. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.